everybody. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm a culture and trend strategist, researcher of all things hunter-gatherer, and I'm devoted to healing the divide between men and women. So if you like what you hear and you're on Team Unite Venus and Mars, then join me in growing the movement by hitting subscribe. Now let's get straight into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got your host, Anya Shack here, and today is pretty special It's a couple of days after International Women's Day. And so I thought it's just perfect timing on this show to discuss womanhood. What is womanhood? What is femininity? What's the difference? Are they related? Are they unrelated? I think these are very important conversations to have when it comes to being able to understand men and women and uh, the life forces that are feminine and masculine experiences. So I really can't think of a better person to have here with me to to discuss this than this beautiful woman, Leanne Lepinto. I've met her recently, and I've just been really in love with her just honesty, rawness, and just really exquisite grace. And that's what I would say about her work and how she works with people. She is a psychotherapist. She is a love and relationship coach, and she is a mother, and there's no one better to talk about womanhood. So without further ado, Leanne, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I am really looking forward to this conversation, and I immediately just felt a connection with you that was really just pretty profound. I mean, when we first met, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my person. And it was so funny how we met. And so I'm just so happy to be here. And I can't wait to have you on my podcast and just continue to have these incredible conversations. So thank you so much. Mm, My heart, bubbly and warm and delicious. I love it. Um, So, okay. Speaking of how we met, when we connected over so Leanne left a comment on uh, a video that um, Kaylor Betts was posting, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I was like, yes, yes, yes. I don't even recall exactly what it was, <laughs> but it, it connected us. And I kind of want to bring up uh, a recent post that he did again to start this conversation because I just think it's really fun. So he posted about um, a woman, <laughs> not a woman. He posted about a, uh, I guess you would say a transgendered woman. Um, So a man, not sure if this pre-op or post-op, not not quite sure, but this um, man, male, uh, this person with essentially that is a male um, celebrating International Women's Day as a woman. And this really struck me in a way that I can't quite comprehend yet. So I would love to just explore. There's no bad or good or right or wrong. I think what I felt was that, ooh, being a woman is really sacred. And there's so much to being a woman that is so sacred that I feel that share from this man who believes he's a woman um, or identifies as a woman was almost like, for some reason, it made me feel like womanness was being dismissed or hidden. And that's initially what I felt. So I wanted to share that and bring that up. And it's kind of a controversial topic, but let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, it is a very controversial topic. And there's so much going on here. And 
So like, just to start off from my perspective, this is a very, it's a nuanced conversation. There's so much complexity here. I'll stay right off the bat that I actually, I don't have any issue with any adult person doing whatever they want to do or exploring uh, whatever they want to do. Really, it's totally, everyone has free will and I respect that 100%. What I am seeing is happening is is far beyond just people's individual choices. And so it's, you know, if you take this zoomed out perspective and you have this higher level of understanding of what's happening on a spiritual level right now, there is an agenda right now to erode sacred union. There's an agenda to create massive gender confusion. And this is very, it's hard to talk about because there's so many complexities to it. Mm -hmm. And so what I'll say is that there's, there's kind of a natural exploration that happens within all of us, because if you're familiar with Carl Jung's work, his work on the anima animus shows that women have an internal masculine, men have an internal feminine, and this is true. And so part of being an integrated man, for example, is learning to get past just the muscles and the brawn and the strength (laughs) to understand that actually, oh my gosh, you have a heart, you have feelings. So this is part of becoming an integrated man. And for women, it's sort of the opposite. A lot of women are all heart and no (laughs) spine. So a lot of us have to learn through the fire how to develop boundaries and things like this. Mm. And so this is true. So there's a truth to the fact that we all need to kind of recognize these energies within us. But what's happening right now is that, this is my belief anyway, Mm -hmm. is that this kind of natural curiosity to become whole and more integrated has become hijacked and manipulated. Mm. And it's actually taking us in the opposite direction that we need to go. Mm. So all of this is very, maybe I'm speaking in a little bit of like a, like a a too spiritual way. Hopefully this will land for people, but, but there's a lot here. So I will say, yes, I also feel like a lot of this is, I had the same um, reaction Mm. that you did Mm -hmm. with, um, a lot of, <laughs> you know, men stepping into women's spaces yeah. and we as women haven't even really claimed our sacredness and our sovereignty right now. And so we're still in the process of doing this as women. And so, um, for it to get really <laughs> like throw the the doors thrown wide open to anyone can enter mm. doesn't feel quite right to me because Ooh. we as women have to do the healing that is actually we're just scratching the surface yeah. and so women's bodies our wombs our vulvas our breasts these are sacred yeah. they're sacred and so that's kind of I, I know I said a lot I'll just leave it at there for now That's so perfect. Just to like take everything you just said and just really put a little bit of like a headline on it. It's like we, the anima and the animus, the masculine and the feminine within us are just, you know, they're, they, they go all the way across all, um, you know, 
people and and just it's it's completely has nothing to do with our sex but our sex is so specific it's it's our it's our it's scientific and it feels right. to me that exactly like in this search for freedom of expression which i also subscribe to and believe should be available for everybody there's this confusion between freedom of expression and um like who i am biologically right and i love what you said about the the fact that we're just scratching the surface i mean if you think about historically how how muted and silenced women have been for for hundreds and hundreds of years and what it means to be a woman is is something that not many people can define yet right mm. yeah i mean i'm still on the journey i'm still <laughs> on the journey i'm in my mid 40s i've been on a very specific path of healing my relationship with my womanhood yeah. and my femininity since mid thirties, I would say. Yeah. Um, and there was a big catalyst for that in my personal life, but um, gosh, like I've been very on the path and yet it's almost the deeper that you go, the more it just becomes like, whoa, this realization, you're just scratching the surface. So yes, I mean, I believe that there is a reason why we are born into these bodies mm -hmm. and there's no mistake there. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. I mm -hmm. mean, I know many people will disagree. Yeah. And in fact, in the collective conversation, people are being told that that's not necessarily true. So on some level, this, you know, has to do with your spiritual beliefs for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of just unhealed wounds and trauma that are actually yeah. steering people in the wrong direction in terms of all that. So there's a lot of young girls, for example, that have a lot of trauma around sexuality, around how their bodies have been sexualized. And um, Abigail Schreer writes about this so beautifully in the book, Irreversible Damage, mm -hmm. um, that, yeah, I would highly recommend to anybody. And you know, I think that it's not being talked about, that mm -hmm. the trauma has to be healed first mm -hmm. before we have these other conversations about moving forward and changing into a completely different body. Mm, it's perfectly said. And honestly, I believe that another major problem that's going on is like, it's a language problem. Like we are using words for things that we all believe mean different things <laughs> and we're having a complete chaos of communication. Um, like I was just watching something where, you know, this family, essentially um, three people are in a relationship and they, they have like two or three children and they, they call their children like anti-gendered. And one of the little children said, uh, I'm, I'm non-binary because he or she doesn't fit. And I just thought to myself, that's, that can't be true. Um, like this child is a small child, like doesn't really understand what those things mean yet. Um, and really it's, it's something like one in 10,000 people suffers true gender dysphoria. And one of these people is actually someone named Buck Angel, who I follow quite heavily on social media. And I think he is incredibly 
well-versed and knowledgeable and he's been around for decades and he is someone that talks about like, I am, you know, I, people call me he, because I live as a man, but I'm, but I'm, I'm actually biologically a woman and I always will be, even though I've transitioned to manhood. Um, And it's a really just honest take at what it's like for someone with true gender dysphoria, um, which is so, so, so rare in the world. And so when you talk about like the girls and the boys and um, they're just small children that are being taught lots of different languages, lots of different words. And I, I just feel for that. Um, And it's, it's an easy way to fix a lot of trauma, like you're saying, just putting labels on it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just this, first of all, I just can't believe we're even having this conversation to be honest with you. Like I just, it's shocking to me. Like I, and this is just me getting older. I understand that there's people from the younger generation who would, who just are now indoctrinated in all of this and they don't understand, but like, wow, I, I don't know. Like, I think you and I were talking separately about how when I was growing up, it was totally fine to be a, like I was a girl who was a little bit of a tomboy, like no so big was deal, I. like no big deal. Like so you're still I. a girl, right? Like you're still a girl. Like there's no problem with that. There were also reasons why I was a little bit of a tomboy that had to do with my own trauma growing up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, you know, a history of, of sexual abuse from father and had to heal a lot of that. And so the way that, so I'll just actually explain quickly without going deep Please. into my story, the way that this can manifest because Please. it actually happened in my own life where because of that, I had such a distorted view, number one of the masculine because of the role model that I was shown. Um, and then I started to not only internalize this like really um, toxic form of masculinity within myself, mm. but also completely um, internalized a lot of hatred against the feminine because of all that. Mm-hmm. And so I was really playing that out, especially in my teenage years, in a very distorted way. And it was not good. It was not good. So of course I didn't realize anything that I was doing until much later and then healed and had to face some of the dark stuff from my history. But once I healed, I have never been more in touch with being a woman, never been more in touch with my femininity, but I had to really go back and just sort of, it's almost like this detox process Mm. of detoxifying all of this garbage that we have been programmed with and conditioned beyond just my own, like what I had to go through traumatically. But even if you have none of that, we're still being poisoned by all of this input from society on how women should be, how men should be. And now it's even like a total mess of confusion of gender stuff, but it's still like, it's, it's the process for all of us of detoxifying and deprogramming to come to the truth of who you really are. Mm. And so it's a deeply personal journey for all of us Mm. and it's hard and it takes work. Mm. A lot of people don't want to do this work, but that's kind of what it comes back to for everybody. And all that I ever want is for everyone to actually be able to peel back all the layers to come to the truth of who they truly are. And what I see through working with individuals is that so many people are not there and they're, you know, they're, they haven't actually reclaimed the truth of who they really are. Mm, that's so beautiful. I, I really love what you're saying. I, myself included, like I had a just really pretty un- emotionally unavailable 
father, just not present, not there. And so I overcompensated by like trying to prove myself, trying to go out there and like be amazing at sports, trying to like just do, do, do. I did all the things like had to make straight A's, had to be great at the sports. And I just, I over, over, I was just over-functioning in every way. And I was just essentially hiding my anxiety. And so it was just like a hyper, hyper masculine wound that I developed. Um, I didn't even know what it was like to sit and be comfortable in silence um, until very recently. Um, And I, I really feel like that's where my feminine kind of journey has been taking me of just like, what is it like to not have to prove yourself? to just be content with who you are. And there's something that's, what, what did you call it again? The feminine part of uh, the, your inner world, the. I can't remember the words I used, but. The the young words you, you were using. The, oh, the anima and the anima. So for women, it's, it's um, women have an internal animus, cool. which is the masculine side. Men yeah. have the, in, the anima, which is the oh, feminine side. I love that. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And so I think what was, what I learned and what I've come to is that we're all born on this like really beautiful bell curve spectrum where, you know, we have a majority disposition, but we also have the other in us. Like we also have the other things. And some of us have completely over indexed (laughs) on the other side. And I think that's definitely where a lot of women have been in society. Like you're talking about. Um, I think that's part of the programming of like productivity and overworking and, I think that's a huge part. Oh, that's a huge part. And so for women who maybe don't have a history of abuse or sexual abuse, just like living in our culture alone will program you to be way over in your masculine to just be in the in the hamster wheel of go, 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 go. Like yep. this is one of the traps of, you know, going and being the 95 career woman, yep. for example. Um, and so like, and most women are kind of, it's so funny to see a lot of this coming into popular culture now, like even the past five years have been totally transformational. Women in the grocery store, I will hear are saying like, I'm like two in my masculine. Like, it's so crazy how this language has come out into popular culture because wow, I've really watched it. Like, you know, from people didn't speak this language to now they are. So it's really interesting to watch. But that's like one of the biggest ones for women. If they have like no other trauma, that's like the layer that most yep. of us get fed is mm-hmm. that sort of, you know, go, go, go achievement. Um, and, you know, it not to say that you can't explore those realms. I think a lot of us have to. Yeah. And then, you know, many of us, myself included, get super burnt out and just crash and burn. And then you have to learn, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, this is yeah. not how to live, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so, I, I think what you're saying is so great. I think, I guess I'd love to know, like, what is the, you know, since we're all on this journey and we're just trying to figure this thing out, um, when it comes to being a woman in the way that many of us want to feel like a woman. If we're talking about, you know, we're born women, we have this like majority feminine disposition. Yes, we have some masculine qualities and we utilize those and we can talk about that. But like, what is the ideal like scenario of like inner fulfillment and happiness you think for many women? Yeah, I love that you're asking this question. And so for me, it's actually most important 
for, for women like you and I to actually deepen into the feminine because the masculine is like, we all know how to sort of be masculine, although that that's a whole other conversation about like what the, that sort of highest expression of mm-hmm. the masculine is and how we can sort of live that. But like, actually, yeah, I would really like to focus on the feminine because this is, this is huge. Like, first of all, we're living in a culture that does not value the feminine. It's completely out of balance collectively in terms of the masculine and the feminine energies. I, You and I did a live and I said the same thing, but if if this is making you uncomfortable, just think about it in, in terms of yin and yang. Those are terms that you can um, replace. And it's really just about coming into balance between these two energies and the feminine when, you know, when you speak of just being instead of doing the feminine is also just really like deep surrender and receptivity and openness Mm -hmm. to be able to receive life, to be able to receive love support. Um, And a lot of us as women, because we're so in our masculine are actually blocking ourselves from receiving all of this good stuff. And yeah, yeah, the journey of a woman, I would say, like I could really, I can just go off for a couple more minutes and I will, but what I'll just remind women of is it's a really individual journey where you have to kind of, like you can listen to us speak and that's incredible, but you also have to go on your own journey to discover what it means to be a woman for you. Mm-hmm. So where it first started with me is really understanding I needed to really heal my relationship to my body and my sexuality, I was very, very disconnected from that. I still had so much, this is so interesting because in my younger years, I went through what I thought was sexual empowerment by just, you know, exploring and like even Mm -hmm. promiscuity and all this stuff. But it wasn't until later um, with the ending of a very long relationship with my ex-husband, we were together over 17 years where I learned like, oh my gosh, I actually have been so disconnected from my own body and my own true pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was mostly, first of all, very in my head Mm -hmm. when it came to, you know, experiencing intimacy with my partner, but I was also very focused on like, oh my, like pleasing him in other words, Mm -hmm. versus like, how do I feel? (laughs) Like, how, how is it for me? Can I relax? Can I actually open to receive pleasure? So that actually started with me doing a lot of just like physical healing on my body, um, accepting my body as a woman, being Mm -hmm. able to be comfortable with all of my parts. Like that was a big journey for me. So wherever you are as a woman, like you might already have done this work. You, maybe you don't even need to do work there because you feel great, but that's where I had to start. And then really just healing the sexuality part. And that included actually menstrual reclamation of like my cycle, Mm -hmm. because growing up, I don't know how it was for you, but we, yeah, we called it the curse, all of this stuff. And so like that was not seen as a good time. And so when I first learned about, you know, the cycle, the beautiful cycle that we live in our bodies every month, going through all of the seasons internally, the death and rebirth process, it's so beautiful. And I actually remember just wondering like, oh my gosh, how come I never knew this Mm. until my mid thirties? It was like mind blowing to me. 
Thank you. So I don't know if you had yeah any of that experience. Thank you for talking about this. This is, I believe, one of the key fundamental things that makes a woman a woman. And so um, I think, you know, exactly. It was called just like the the bad red time of the month and all this stuff. And I I recall like never never wanting to take birth control just like ever. And I, I remember everybody else was doing it as teenagers and I was just like, oh. And then I also had like a lot of um, work to do around my relationships with men and that kind of was my 20s. And so I, I never really took birth control. And what I realize now is how beautiful my cycle is in that, you know, it's so different within every week of the four weeks. And also I realize that, you know, there's a lot of like really beautiful intuition that happens at very specific times in the month. And it's like, I'm blown away. I feel like I'm like a magician in these times. And I think that's so beautiful about being a woman and I just love it. And it like, it's a beautiful thing. So I love how you spoke on that. I love it. Just kind of edifying that for, for everyone. I know. And you know what it makes me think of is like, as women, it's almost like, like it's sort of these two polar opposite energies right now happening collectively. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure you have, but it's like women deepening into what is, what does it mean to be a woman? Mm. Right. And like going down deep into Mm. the path of discovering that, um, coupled with a lot of feminine spirituality, feminine spiritual paths coming up. And so it's this, it's this process of coming out of the sort of second stage of David Data's work that we talked mm-hmm. about. We can get into that in a second because some people that. might not know what I mean, but really coming out of the stage of men and women are equal and we're the same and actually differentiating again. So it's like yep. women are discovering, oh my gosh, yep. we're different and like really deepening into that path of sort of separating out and creating the polarity again. But then there's this other thing happening collectively where it's like gender neutrality and like there's a million genders and it's just the complete opposite direction. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Such a great point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like also just because I love to speak on the modern woes of dating, um, a great example around like what it means to not embody feminine energy is like when you go on a date and you know the guy doesn't like call you back it's seemingly a really great date and everything was fun and like lots of great discussion but what's what's missing and it's like that lack of polarity like when a woman's in her more masculine energy a man kind of without understanding it consciously feels like he's sitting with another man right and it's hilarious because it's happened to me many times. And I, it took me so long to understand what was at play here. And um, it's a really profound thing that like another essence that I think is important about womanhood is that I think men can sense it better than we can sometimes. Yeah, because I mean, they are really tapped into the sexual attraction piece of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like women sometimes, we're like, oh, like this is, you know, great conversation. And like this, <laughs> not that we're not tuned into like the sexual attraction piece. We are, but I think men like are, have feel it very strongly, you know? Totally. Um, yeah, that. that's so interesting. And so like learning about the basics of polarity is really important, I think, for attraction. And of course, that's another piece that you could say is happening on the collective. And mm. it has been spoken about by other people, not just me, you know, not just you, yeah. but like 
the loss of the polarity is real and it's actually yeah. causing men and women to just go their own ways and sort of not, not yeah. be attracted yeah. to each other anymore. And so this is actually a problem. Like it is, it's, mm. it is a problem on many levels. Thank you for sharing all of that. I just want to get into something interesting. So I have this like anecdote. Uh, one of my closest friends, he's, he does my hair. Actually he did when I lived in LA, but I don't live in LA anymore. Um, I'm in Dallas now, but he is just this wonderfully feminine, amazing gay man. He's married to another good one of my friends there. He's just wonderful. And he has said many times to me, and he said this like throughout, and I, I'm just recognizing it and realizing it right now. He said like, I love my feminine energy. I love that. Like my feminine energy is at perfect polarity with his husband, who is definitely the more masculine one. And he says, but I, but I also love dressing women. And I love when a woman is just so beautiful and exuberant. I just love to see her walk and like show off herself. It's the most beautiful thing ever. So this man that is quite, quite in touch with his feminine side, um, can also create a distinction between a woman and him and his femininity. Yeah. which I think is so powerful. I would love it if you would react to that and speak on that and just help paint the picture for people about what the difference is. Yeah. Oh, I love that because I mean, he's actually, it sounds like he has a very advanced understanding of all this because he's like, so he's speaking about his fe- his own feminine side as more of like an energetic that he carries versus you know, the physical form of a woman. Mm-hmm. And so like the, those two things are actually very different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, and then yet on the other hand too, feminine energy can and should be correlated with a woman's body. Because if you think about the feminine on a spiritual energetic level as being receptive and open, we have you know, we have our yonis are open to be mm-hmm. penetrated. Yep. Right. Like we like that. This is the, the truth. And then <laughs> men have a penis, which is able to penetrate. And so it's that kind of energy. If you look at it from an energetic perspective, yeah. it's actually it's embedded in our physical forms as mm-hmm. men and women. So but like, I love that he can differentiate because these are it's getting into the more nuanced levels of what you're what you're sharing now. I love that. And you know what people always say? I'm curious your thoughts on um on this. Uh, like, you know, this conversation around men being in touch with their feelings and being warm and gentle and being nurturing and all these laying all this word all these words are coming up around like how we wish men were, um how we wish our grandparents were our fathers. Which I think is beautiful, but I think what do you think about those words and how they relate to masculinity versus femininity i'm curious yeah i mean i think it's it's important to kind of keep the 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 differences there between mm-hmm. feminine energy and masculine energy mm-hmm. so yeah again this is where it like these are the energetics and this is where sometimes it it, it is helpful to actually categorize categorize the confusion between feminine and masculine and man and woman and like the sex part of it is is true and so like in our, in our language, you spoke to it earlier, there's just a lot of confusion with this, but so let me think about what I, I want to share there. Um, I would say that it's fine if a man has those qualities, but don't call them masculine. They're feminine. That's what I would say to that. Mm. The a quality of saying that you're nurturing or caring 
it's a feminine quality. Mm. It's not a masculine quality, but that's totally. how I look at it in terms of energetics. But a man can have those. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a man, especially if a man is a father, a lot of times like this, like I, I've seen this actually with my own son's father is that like, it actually took the birth of his child to be able to feel some of those, to unlock some mm. of those qualities in, inside him. In addition to the qualities of the, the high masculine, which is like mm. protector, provider, those sort of oh, things. That's amazing. I, I love that perspective. There's another perspective that I heard from um, a psychotherapist named Dewey Freeman who is, I think he's just wonderful. He's like very tenured. He's been doing like equine therapy and relationship counseling for like 45 years or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's, he's um, really great to listen to. And he talks about how, you know, a man is nurturing and a man is strong, but his way of nurturing is not, is nothing like a woman's way of nurturing. Mm, so yeah. we, we don't even need to call it feminine. We can just like, differentiate it it all it completely which is really cool I love that so much because there is a beautiful expression that comes through so like if you're a man right in a man's body and you have some of these what you could categorize as more feminine characteristics the way that they're expressed through you looks different mm, that's how it. a woman might yeah and it's the same too like some of these more masculine characteristics when that when I express them, it's very different than how a man would express it. Right. Oh, and so like, yeah. for example, like I used to run women's circles. I do sometimes still, but one of these things that we were really kind of deepening into was this whole concept of power. Mm. Like what, like is power feminine? Like what, if mm. so, what does that look like? Mm. And this was a few years back. And so a lot of us were really like, wow, what could that look like? You know, because when you think about power, a lot of us think about a masculine expression of power. Yeah. And so what yep. could that look like? What does feminine power look like? Yep. And yep. so now that I've been walking the path, like I know the answer to these questions, mm. feminine power has to do with reclaiming our bodies and our sexuality, mm. really understanding what that means. Mm. Feminine power has to do with really understanding our auric field and what we're calling in and what we are not calling in. Mm. These are sort of the feminine expression of power that we as women need to learn how to master in these times because the the notion of power is really shifting in a big big way right now that's so good i love it you know it makes me think of like you know as women we we can create life we can create anything and if you know i have an objective or i have a goal and a man has an objective or he has a goal maybe the distinction is like he goes out there and just like you know penetrates the world to achieve his goal. Whereas perhaps I would then be able to work hard. Yes. But like magnetize it to me. Magnetize it. Right. That's the difference. Mm. And again, it's the penetrative force of going out and using your sheer force of will to get it. Yeah. And that's like something that needs to be present in the collective. Like it does. And the feminine way is to draw it in, to magnetize it. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel this really intensely when I box, when I like go do boxing, like at the gym. So essentially I'm just like totally in the warrior energy, like very much just in that space. There's lots of testosterone everywhere. And what I feel in my body is that it's just me 
I am like against this bag or this other person. And I have to like create my own momentum. Whereas when I'm like doing ballroom dance, I am given momentum by my partner and I use that momentum to flow and make beautiful things happen. Yeah. That distinction. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I love that you box because I also, I do martial arts as well. And what a beautiful balance that you do of like you do boxing and then you do ballroom dance. Like that's incredible. That's so like, that's the beautiful inner union within you of both, which I love. Thank you. Um, Oh my gosh. We could talk forever. (laughs) We could talk about all that. No, this is really beautiful. I think, um, you know, this conversation just so vulnerably, like I didn't even know I was going to start it the way I started it with like, what is a woman and talking about uh, the the collective moment of the, the transgendered and the not transgendered. But I think really I find myself very clear that we have a cultural problem, not a biological problem. Right. Everyone is lovely and beautiful in every way that they want to express themselves. Um, but to to miss out on on what is a woman and like what is a man these like fundamental elements of our humanity that kind of tie us back with thousands and hundreds of thousands of our ancestors and generations um and are essentially the key to survival right <laughs> are quite uh important and so i'm just like loving this back and forth on womanhood so i'd love to jump into something that I do not yet understand about womanhood, and that is motherhood. Yeah, I would love to talk about it. Uh, (laughs) Let's go. So I am like, just honestly, this like makes me cry a little bit. Sometimes right before I get my period, like I have a little bit of grief in me in that like I haven't had a child yet. You know, it like comes up. I'm 32. I'm going to be 33 quite soon. It comes up. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I don't feel grief generally, but like, I feel that grief in those moments. And in general, I'm excited. I know it's for me and it it will happen when it's meant to happen. But, um, just me feeling that little grief gives me a taste around the, the type of full body, mind, soul shift that happens through motherhood. And I would just love to hear your perspective. (laughs) I, I just, yeah, there's so much here. I mean, First of all, I just want to yeah honor you as someone who clearly is looking to call this in, and that is such a sacred thing. So, oh my goodness, I'm very excited for you, and I know mm-hmm. that it will happen. And you know, the funny thing is that when I was pregnant and about to give birth to my son, he's 13, so this was many years ago. A friend of mine who um, recently they had a child said something to me. He said really there are just two kinds of people in the world, people who have children and people who don't have children. And it it was, he was laughing because it completely changes your life in a way that you, no one can prepare you for. And it's not always fun. (laughs) So I'll just tell you, like, there's a lot of romanticization of Hmm. like, uh, of it. And like, it's such a beautiful thing. It really is like, but I was not prepared on any level for the complete life change that happened. And I'm going to just say straight up that motherhood has not been easy for me because of a lot of the things that you and I talked about earlier, actually, because I was way in my masculine. Mm -hmm. I had my son when I had 
just started going back to school to become a psychologist. Mm. And I actually started when like I was about to give birth to him. I remember just being completely overwhelmed by trying to go back to school full time, trying to find, okay, do you have like a room that I could go pump when I'm not with him? And mm. it and it was exhausted because he was a newborn and I wasn't sleeping. And mm. there was just something real like, but yet I had been trained by society that like I can do it all. You can do everything. You can go and be a superwoman and, you know, go be successful in the mm -hmm. corporate world or whatever it is and have a child and you can do everything. And like, the reality is, is that it's, you just really can't. Yeah. And yet, you know, my, my ex-husband and I, we were in our early thirties at the time. And there was just the expectation that I was going to go back to work right away mm -hmm. because we needed to income. So there was never any discussion of, you get to be home for the first few years or anything like that. Mm. And so since my son has now grown up and I'm, I'm witnessing the collective shifts that are happening with women, mm. reclaiming the fact that, wow, this time is really sacred when they're mm. so small and you really should do everything in your power to mm -hmm. stay home as much as you can. Of mm. course, this is a bigger conversation of, is this truly possible for everybody? It's not, that's the sure. truth of it. Um, but it sure is better when you can mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. So motherhood has been simultaneously the hardest thing I've ever done, but also the most important for sure. And like my son is the most important person in my life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's actually hard because now that he's 13, I as a mother need to start to pull back a little bit yeah. to let him be his own little man in the world mm -hmm. and discover that. Right. And and so this is the tension of teenage um, mm -hmm. years, especially with boys, is that, you know, boys love their mothers and they love the comfort of mom yeah. and mom doing things and cooking for them and all this stuff. Yeah. At the same time, they feel this urge to go out and explore and really find out who they truly are, mm -hmm. independent of the parent. So, wow. so it's an interesting phase, but what I'll say is... Yeah, I wish I could go back and do some things differently for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I can't though. And so, yeah, what do I want to say to mothers? What would if, you have done differently? I probably would have taken the first two years completely off just to be with him. Yeah. Um, I, re I had trouble breastfeeding. And so I really tried and tried and tried, but had to sort of... Um, give it up at like four months. Mm. And I wish I could have done longer. I really mm. tried everything I could. Now that I know certain things like nutritionally and other things, even spiritually and energetically, um, it probably would have been easier, but that's like yeah. another regret that I have. Yeah. And just to like be more present with him yeah. during those first even five years. Yeah. And not that I wasn't around at all. Of course I was. But I think I would have liked to have been there more. Oh, and of course, hire more support around me <laughs> because a mother can't do it all by herself. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. It's beautiful. But yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions about motherhood. because Beautifully shared. I, I recently heard a woman talk about how this really struck me because I'd never heard anyone say this before. Um, and I've heard a lot of women and a lot of mothers talk about their experience. So she said that what it actually felt like for the first few months right after giving birth was that her 
her child was essentially still in still a part of her body. It was like she was caring for another limb or something that was still connected to her body. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that is what's unique to womanhood. That right there. And I'm so curious your reaction to that. I love that so much because what I'll say is that there's something like deeply, profoundly emotional. Oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional talking Mm. about it. But like when he was so small, I really, I felt that so strongly. And of course, like your hormones are all, all over the place and all this stuff. And so there's a, Mm. there's probably an emotionality that was heightened that isn't necessarily, of course. Right. But like, I remember if I ever had to leave the house and leave him at home, even if it was with his dad or somebody that I really mm-hmm. trusted, I would have such anxiety that something would happen to him. Mm-hmm. Like it was really heightened. And I remember like watching something or hearing something shortly after he was born about just, a t- you know, something terrible that had happened to mm-hmm. a child, or maybe there was like I think there was like some deaths somewhere with children and I just like was devastated. Like it hit Mm -hmm. me in a way that like, I can't even describe Mm -hmm. because it's almost like when you become a mother, you become a mother to every child in the Mm -hmm. world. (laughs) And it's that sort of very spiritual connection that you have that is Mm -hmm. profound. And, and it just, it, anything that happens to any child, even now, nowadays with all the stuff that's happening, with with children like I it's like that mama bear comes up and is Mm -hmm. like absolutely not right absolutely not wow this is very beautiful I could talk about motherhood all day I'm just like so excited and curious and I this makes me think of um I was reading in Iron John actually Robert Bly's book Iron John which I love I always refer to um he mentioned an anecdote about a, a tribe that he was studying and how they are so privy to all of these beautiful interplays of motherhood and fatherhood and when, you know, one should be stronger than the other. And they talk about how this exact phenomena is like so beautiful age zero to seven ish. And Mm -hmm. they like do everything in their power to make sure that the mothers are always with their children, just like that full attachment. And then right around eight ish is when they start to like wean, especially the young boys off of that kind of connection and they start to like ask them to if they need to ask their mother for things they would like ask the sister to ask the mother because they started realizing that some sort of sexual interplay is there and so they um it's just like i'm going on a bit of a tangent but like so they started that and then they obviously the boys went on their initiations and then they were you know absorbed by the the men and so then they kind of fully have that attachment to mom and then they fully let it go as opposed to current culture where that is not happening right about that oh my gosh well i think it's totally true so like i do think that we need to bring some of that understanding back in because what is happening is that yeah, it's happening. The attachment, especially mother and son, but like, you know, a lot of this relates to parenting as a whole in terms of just parents are not able to let the children go and become their own adults and the whole helicopter parenting Mm. thing, which I don't even know if it's still a term nowadays, but it used to be. Oh my gosh. I heard, I heard a new term. 
It's so good. I heard a new term, this um, uh, Mike Danson shout out. He's amazing. He coaches young teens. And so he talks to parents all the time. There's a new term called snow plow parents. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) my kids. They're they're so aggressive that they will literally get rid of all obstacles for their children. (laughs) I mean, that's what's happening literally. And I worked for years in the public school system as a psychologist and especially with teenage boys and like it's really happening where they just they're they're not they are not adults and it's causing a lot of problems because they don't know how to stand on their own two feet especially when they grab I mean it should be happening earlier as you said even before they hit high school mm-hmm. but now they're going into their college years even and they are mm-hmm. still kind of like adult babies and like I know it's it's Mm. kind of funny to poke fun at people sometimes but it's really the product of of a lot of the parenting that's happening Mm -hmm. so I would say for parents and this is just like a reaction to back when like the generation that I was raised in was a little more authoritative and then the Mm -hmm. pendulum swung way over to permissive Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh my gosh like my child can't experience any like any little challenge. And then there's this misunderstanding where that's actually how they learn and grow and become better people to be able to withstand some of these things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, yes, now we're in this overly sensitive, um, overly coddled culture of children who just crumble at the littlest of challenges. And I definitely saw that firsthand. So as a mother, I trust me, I have compassion. Like I know it's really hard. I'm working on it every single day with my son, but we actually, at this point, we have open conversations just like you and I are having right now on the importance of why he needs to go out and stumble and fall and pick Mm -hmm. himself back up. And so like, I understand why, but um, I think when I think about where we're headed, I do have hope that it's going to head out in the, in the right direction. And the, the pendulum swing is going to kind of come back to center. What do you think about that? I do too. I think people are starting to wake up. There have been some amazing, some amazing work that's happening around this. So Gabor Mate wrote this book, hold on to your kids. Oh, it's right. so good. And it just talks about the phenomena of like what has happened where parents have become disconnected from their own intuition. And so they're actually just like too scared to parent. And he talks about that's the underlying notion. And so kids are just like free for all. And so they're, they're essentially gravitating towards their peers. And we're, we're creating a society in which there's a lack of respect for elders. And there's just a a real, that's happening. But I think the point is, is that we're all realizing all of this now. <laughs> and I think we're um, also wanting to make changes. And there's amazing people like Jordan Peterson talking on these things, Gabor Mate. There's just some amazing um, people like you doing work with couples and with individuals. And that all is a ripple effect to their families and their future kids. So yeah. 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 And especially for boys. I mean, it's really important just to bring it back to, to the boys Ooh, boys need mm-hmm. support right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boys need a lot of support. They're really struggling, really, really struggling. They have no idea talking about what a woman, they have no idea what a man is, mm-hmm. no idea what that means. They're getting a lot of mixed signals from society in general and from women about what, you know, what we want them to be. And yeah. this is why I'm such a supporter of men's work to be able to yeah. really 
reclaim. And again, similar to how I said, it's, it's a journey for us as women to discover what that means. It's the same for men and kind of just to tie it back to like something that I wanted to say on our conversation earlier about just, you know, everything happening right now. I think it's really important collectively for all of us to actually increase the differentiation. And so what I mean by that is for women to really go deep, deep into Mm. women's work to really understand and sort of heal anything going on inside of us to really understand and reclaim femininity on our own terms. And then for men to go do that too, that has to be step number one, Mm -hmm. I think for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then like we're not yet at the point where we can sort of be truly integrated, right? Of like, okay, now as a woman, like I feel like I've done a lot of healing work around what it means to be a woman, my femininity. But like, how can I even integrate healthy masculinity if that's not even being displayed on the collective? Like, where mm. am I even getting it from? Mm. You know what I mean? And it's the same for men. Yeah. So I hope that makes sense. But I think for all of us, it's almost this process of, purifying our relationship with what it means to be a woman with the notion of femininity and then vice versa for men masculine and them as men I hope that makes sense it's perfect totally makes sense I think we're in this process of actually deepening into differentiation so what I mean by that is that I think it's really important for women like for for you and I and for all women listening to really reclaim what it means to be a woman, to heal our traumas, to really reclaim our bodies, be proud of who we are as women, to go down that path. And also, I know we're sort of separating these out as we should, but then like, what is, what does the feminine even mean? What does that even mean? Femininity, feminine energy, Mm. to really go down the path of exploring what that truly is, deconditioning it from what we've been taught, because there's a lot that we've been taught about all of these things Mm. that actually aren't true. Mm. They're not true. And a lot of this has been, we are being programmed and conditioned in a way that isn't it's just not it. It's not it. And so we have to reclaim what it means on our terms. And so for me, it was a path of going down esoteric spirituality to learn the real essences of these. Mm -hmm. And so women have to do this. And then I believe that men have to do this separately. And so from that place of us anchoring that in foundationally, then we can go to the next level that Carl Jung describes, which is the integrated part, right? Of being like, okay, now I'm really strong and solid with being a woman, with my inner feminine. Now, what does it mean to integrate the healthy masculine and vice versa for men? Oh, I love that so much. That sounds kind of just like my financial story was really all over the place for a long time when I was um, very much not clear about what it meant to be a woman or feminine energy. And I was always trying to prove myself And then when I went on this journey of finding my, my femininity, which meant for me, healing my father wounds, finding my worth, um, really being able to breathe and sit into who I am and feel proud of that. Um, I, I realized, oh, I deserve stability and that means financial stability. And then I was able to integrate a really healthy approach to maintaining stable financial life. That's, that's the masculine integration. I love that. Very beautiful. I love how you said that because that was just like clicked for me. Like, yeah, that happened. 
I love that so much. And what I'll say to people, if they're really interested in the true authentic paths to just start to question, because a lot of like, when you look at the pop, first of all, pop culture, you just have to question in general, like you just anything in pop culture is typically not it. You have to get to like the real Mm -hmm. thing underneath Mm -hmm. it. So Mm -hmm. even if you look at like, on Instagram, for example, we get fed these like, oh, here's the feminine, here's the masculine Mm. in two two columns. And then like all of the bullet points next to them of what it is. It's like, don't just like, you have to question this. Some of it's good. There's some truth to it, but just be aware that like you're, you're being fed and not all of it is good. That's just what I'll say. Mm, Nothing really means anything until you understand how it applies to yourself. I think that's such a great thing to share with people. And I loved what you said about just like the step one, women's doing women's work, men doing men's work. Um, I think it's really profound. I love everything you said about just like, how can we trust the world and life and, you know, manifestation. And if we can't like trust that we're born in the right body. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fundamental. Um, yes. Everyone, we want to express ourselves in that body is a beautiful thing. Um, and I will also maintain that most women want to express themselves as as feminine people. And most mm-hmm. men do want to express themselves as masculine people. And that's why it's so important to have this conversation about what does it mean to be a woman? How do we reclaim this? It's just so amazing. So I'm curious, like, of all that we've discussed, like what would be um, a takeaway that you have for people listening around how, how to go on their own journey of reclaiming womanhood for them? Well, if you want to learn more, just DM me on Instagram. I can send you a ton of books that I love around this very topic. I can actually send you some teachers of the feminine that I trust and that I know and that I've vetted as like the real thing, because there's a lot of teachers on Instagram that they're, they're, a lot of them aren't doing it intentionally. So I'm not meaning to actually talk badly at all, but a lot of it, it's not it. It's very superficial. And I would love to just save women listening the time because just don't don't go down don't waste your time on those that's not the true feminine and a lot of it is actually the wrong path so it's going to be yeah it's it's just don't waste your time um and so I think for for all of us it's really an individual journey are you when you heard us speaking about some of the things what called out to you as things like okay wow I think I really need to explore that mm-hmm. like I shared some for me I had to really heal my relationship to my sexuality I had to reclaim my menstrual cycle, all of my parts of being a woman. Is that something that you need to also do? Really just checking in with yourself. What about on the emotional level? How are your emotions? Are they, are you an emotionally intelligent person? Are you aware of what's going on emotionally? Are you able to um, be with your emotions and express them in an open-hearted way, but Mm -hmm. also from a place of having some sort of emotional regulation. Mm. That's another thing to check in as women. Mm. Um, And then when it comes to relationships, I mean, this is like, you and I could do a whole other episode on relationships (laughs) because this is my passion. But with women, I think we really have to ask ourselves what, how we're showing up in relationships. 
and how we want to show up in relationships as a woman. Mm -hmm. And what I'll say is that something that's really clear that I want to share with your listeners that's coming through is the realm of love, sex, and relationships is the realm of women. This is our domain. This is not actually... Not that men can't be interested in these things, but who are the people that sign up for love, sex, and relationships, <laughs> workshops, and classes, yeah. and books? It's women. Yeah. And so we have to reclaim this as we are the ones that have the vision yeah. of how this next chapter can really go. There's massive mm. potential for relationships, especially between men and women. Talking about divine union, conscious relationships, we're at a whole different ball game when it comes to the potential right now. So what I want to share with women is like really own that and really step into your visionary leadership as the oracle of what you know is true and mm-hmm. what is possible. And once we carry that in our heart and our energetic field, then you're inviting the men in. You're inviting the men in to sit with you. So I wanted to share that part, but there, there's just endless things that we can speak of. I think really just to kind of summarize it, let your intuition lead the way. And what, because there's like the whole realm of divine feminine is a vast (laughs) land. And so let your intuition guide you. You just spoke all of that so beautifully. I just want you to know, I was just like listening and I'm taking it all in. Um, What a beautiful way to end this beautiful hour talking about womanhood. I think what you said was that we, women are visionaries. We are the visionaries. We have the vision, we have that, you know, that thing where we know something and we just, we know something's right or wrong or not quite there. And, and our opportunity is to trust it, to act on it, to release it. Um, Because that's actually one of the things men love us so much for. Um, And it's really beautiful. And I think, because I do have a lot of men that listen to the show, um, you know, we did talk a lot about women's things here, but this is all for you. And I'm actually going to do an episode, which I'm very excited about around just like uh, part of men's work, right? Semen retention, maintaining your life force, all of that. And that's going to be a very man, man stuff, heavy episode. But what I mean, what I mean through that is that I hope that the men listening can, can ask themselves the question, what, what is a woman really? Like, think about that. Um, It's a beautiful question to ask. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, I could just go off right there. Cause like what I'll say is that um, women can really feel if a man truly honors us. And so, especially when it comes to sexuality, everything in this world is actually like dehumanizing mm-hmm. um, us. And so women are very sensitive to men that actually want to partner with us and build a life together way beyond just Mm. us being as objects of sexual pleasure. Mm. And as men, I'm not um, like, I'm not berating you for this because this is actually something that is being programmed into you day after day, after day, after day. And with the whole rise of pornography is even going to get worse and worse than it already is. It's just something to watch out for, but women are very sensitive. And so yeah, how can we as men and women actually come back together mm. and like really truly feel each other on a mm. physical level and to reclaim the beauty of that union? I love this. Everybody listening, please make that your next journal prompt as you're doing the work. Um 
Leanne, this has been so, so beautiful. I would love for you to just tell everyone where they can find you, um, where they can DM you, what you do, anything you've got coming up soon. I'd love to hear. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, just thank you so much for having me on. This was such an incredible conversation that we could talk for like five more hours easily. This is a really big, big topic. Um, And I loved our conversation and I love connecting with you and I know we will stay connected. So, so people can find me on my website. It's love-evolved.us. You can find me on Instagram, love.evolved. I'm sure you'll link all of this, you know, in the show notes. Um, so people don't have to worry about like writing it down. Um, I welcome all DMs, emails. I love talking about all this stuff. That's my sort of thing is like, I could talk about this all day long. So um, feel free to reach out with any comments or questions with anything that I said. And I work with people all over the world, one-on-one. I work with couples. A lot of people that come to me are women who are single, who want to do the inner work to be able to really attract and manifest incredible love. Um, I work with a lot of couples that are either healing or maybe they're actually just doing great, but they want to take it to the next level. And many people don't know this, but I actually just work with a lot of people on generally everything. So even though I specialize in love, sex, and relationships, I still have a lot of people that we work on just general life stuff as well. Um, And the last thing I'll say is that I do a combination of therapy and breath work in my sessions. And so this makes it really holistic. So we could talk all day long and, and that keeps us really in our minds, which is mm-hmm. fine. But then the breath work really gets us into our heart, gets us into our body mm-hmm. and just opens the intuition so wide that since I started doing this combo a year ago, the results have been absolutely mind blowing mm-hmm. and it cuts the work in half, if not mm-hmm. faster. So, so most of my clients choose to do that. So please reach out with any questions. If you need support, I'm here. I love it. Thank you so much, Leanne. And as always, until next time.